Warning, may contain Sharia law, monotheism, jihad, transcendence, and, or peanuts. I am Woodstock. Thank you so much for welcoming me into your home. It means very much, especially because we just recently met each other. It was uh, two days ago that we ran into each other. And as I came to Zurich, I came with the intention of meeting very interesting people. And I was very uh, pleasantly surprised to run into you, especially because I have been looking for someone with your specific background. So just for a little introduction for the listeners and Again, maybe you want to say it if I uh, butcher it, but it's Ebnamar Taha. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And then, um, as you mentioned, you have a bachelor's and a master's in Islamic studies, and you also work currently as a, a Muslim chaplain, uh, helping those in hospitals. Um, I am very excited to sit down and talk to you. As Thank we you mentioned much. off of the off of the microphone, I was raised in a very religious background and I have a lot of interest in other religions because I think in many ways, although we call them different things, we have very similar beliefs across whether you're atheist, Muslim, Jewish, Christian, whatever it is. And so I wanted to to sit down and we'll get to know you and let my listeners get to know someone who has studied the religion of Islam and kind of help us understand it a little bit more. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so uh, I have a, a little bit, uh, yeah, I like to say good background in my family's travel, I guess, and also coming and going back to Switzerland. So I was originally born in Switzerland in Saudi Arabia and we are though actually from Sudan and then we resided here in Switzerland uh, since the beginning of the, uh, the 90s, uh, 1989. So I came here when I was just a baby and infant. So you've been in Zurich for most of your life? Uh, in Switzerland. In Switzerland. And uh, Eastern Switzerland. And then later on when I uh, came for my higher degree studies to Zurich. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so as... Sudan and Saudi Arabia go, you don't have a lot of time living there, so you don't recall too much from it? Not much in Saudi Arabia, uh, but Sudan, I grew up there. So I I would say uh, Sudan helped me uh, with the um, maybe formation of my belief system, set of belief system. And how old were you when you uh, left Sudan? I left Sudan... Uh, I didn't leave Sudan, I guess. I, I was just, uh, I decided to study here. So I, I just uh, then stood me up more in Switzerland. So, oh, so, you, it, so was, you were a young adult when yeah, you yeah. decided to yeah. study over here? Yeah, right. Yeah. And what language is it that they speak in Sudan? Uh, mainly Arabic and some uh, kind of small native language here and there. Yeah. Okay. Mainly, mainly Arabic, yeah. So did you grow up speaking um, just Arabic and then learned English and German later on? Yeah, uh, mother tongue, uh, family household uh, speak Arabic. And then at school, I would speak German. So it's my first language, I guess, in Switzerland, first foreign language. And uh, it's the same with Sudan. So we studied English and French and yeah. Well, you speak incredible English for it, well, something that you to. didn't grow up. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to. Yeah. So, what did you first start studying when you came over to Zurich or to uh, Switzerland? What did I? 
what what did you first start studying when All you right, came right, over? Right, right. Uh, I started with business and these things at the University of Sangan. It's a business university. Um, but my my family's background uh, being in being a merchant textile of, uh, um, merchant family, I didn't really feel like uh, I didn't get I didn't have the motivation. And so I, I, it wasn't a good idea to study business and this economics and so on. So I, I, I wasn't really good at it. So I just dropped it and then went to San, to <laughs> University of Sangan, uh, Zurich, sorry, and and that's where you decided my, to. Yeah, I started to like my initial interest in uh, in the old world, in the traditional world, in the world of language, civilizations. Uh, there I, I I was more interested, so um, I, I I found this uh, program in Islamic studies, and uh, with many minor so sometimes I studied also cultural anthropology, so so I had a little bit of yeah sociology and political science, but I ended up with cultural anthropology, like studying movies and. Um, different genres of literature, like uh, old folk tales and, and stuff like that, but mainly Islamic studies. And in Islamic studies, I studied. Uh, I was more interested in the philosophical uh, or intellectual tradition of Islam. And what do you mean by that? The intellectual tradition. Intellectual tradition could be um, philosophy. It could be theology. Um, it could be also law, like philosophy of law, uh, or or legal theory. So it could be that as well. When we say intellectual tradition, means anything that involved uh, intellectual engagement with something, not just. Uh, uh, it could be on a basis of revelation, or it could be basis of uh, rational reasoning, like philosophy. So instead of just the blind faith of something, it's the yeah. the thought process behind it, why we do it. Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. So coming from Sudan and the, well, f first I'd love to touch on that, <laughs> kind of pick your brain, because I don't, you're the first person I've met from a kind of North Egypt, well, not North Egypt, North African country. I, I take that back because I have uh, very briefly visited um, Marrakech over there in um, Morocco. Marrakech, yeah. Um, but as far as um, someone in Sudan, I've never experienced uh, meeting anyone from that location. I've never been to that location. I I really enjoy hearing like what the what the homes were like, what the food was like, what the typical childhood play was like. Could you uh, expound a little on that? Uh, right. Yeah. Um, that that's a really nice question, and and uh, I'd be delighted to. Um, yeah, Sudan is a really interesting country, and I really appreciate that. I, uh, I say I'm happy to be from there. Um, so I have a interest mainly on tribal culture. This kind of uh, connection with the past, or living connection with the past, and I think where I'm from. Uh, that was still present. People still have this sense of belonging to something. It could be even blindly expressed or um, 
practiced okay uh, but that's this deep connection like hot kind of uh, this have a sense of culture uh, this gave me even a balance later when I um, came back to Switzerland and uh, decided to be more let's say uh, connected to Switzerland so you have all of these traditional recipes in Sudan desert recipes kind of uh, old food uh, um, uh, recipes that you wouldn't find in a in a modern household you can find that and you have a uh, in Sudan also Mediterranean um, a Middle Eastern um, uh, cuisine as well and you have um, uh, some kind of uh, Indian, South, South Indian, uh, uh, South, uh, South Asian uh, connection because of this With Red Sea. Curries. Yeah, because of the Red Sea connection. So people have many spices in their food. And uh, that's that's if they are close to the, the, the sea, the Red Sea. As a big part of Sudan is... Uh, close to the Red Sea. Were you, was your family located near the Red no, Sea, no, no. or were they farther no. inland? Inland, inland. Yeah. Okay. So, what was like the typical breakfast when you woke up in the morning? Uh, typical breakfast would be eggs with uh, with meat. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a popular dish. So, I well, that's eat that. pretty universal. I think <laughs> pretty much it's everywhere you go, dish. eggs and meat. <laughs> but they 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 have this uh, uh, really good. Uh, dish I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, it's called chikshuka. Uh, you you have a, a, a pepper belt. You have onion and uh, meat. It could be it could be sausage or different with eggs together. So it's it okay. needs to be it it needs to. It's <laughs> so kind of like an omelet, right? Yeah. All right. right exactly. So and, and other things as well. I have other. Um, yeah. I, and then at grade school, what would a typical lunch be? Do you typically bring it with you? Uh, no, I wouldn't bring it with me. I, I would, I would take. School? I would take maybe a sandwich with me. So that, that's it. That's, yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. So we have this Mediterranean day actually, where you don't eat at the morning. You just go. You drink a coffee or tea, tea, milk tea, English, okay. English uh, <laughs> tradition. So you go and and then you eat later. So you, you just you typically have a 10, sandwich, just right, some yeah. bread, cheese. Yeah. Okay. What were there feta any... cheese? Feta cheese is in Sudan because of the Turkish connection. Oh, very Mediterranean then. Yeah, you eat okay. that. You eat that in the morning. So, are there any diet restrictions um, within either Sudanese culture or your religious structure? Yeah. yeah. The well, prohibition of uh, pork and also. Um, meat that is not is is it's slaughtered not in the name of God. So they would have this halal conception of uh, kosher. It's kind of like kosher for it's the, the Jewish. Same, yeah, it's okay. the same. It's the same. similar. So you uh, mentioned maybe. sausage. So it's a non-pork sausage. Yeah. It's like a beef or chicken sausage. Yeah, beef, okay. Beef, yeah. Turkish uh, sujuk. It's called. We have that. Also. Sujuk. Sujuk. Yeah. Sujuk. Right. yeah. What's your <laughs> favorite dish from Sudan? Uh, I I have a, an interesting. Uh, I like uh, one is called uh, alcida. So alcida is like a, a dish um, where you have a kind of a paste, and this alcida is like pudding but salty, and they just eat eat it that way. So you 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 put some 
um, um, tomato paste with a lot of uh, onion and uh, grinded meat, like uh, um, ground meat. Okay. Call it English. Yeah. English is not that good. Mm -hmm. uh, this one is is I like that. And you have one is called kisra. It's like a really thin layer of bread with also kind of a paste or sauce that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> More of a salty guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but but yeah. I mean, I'm, I have a. I I, I like. I appreciate the Sudanese cuisine, but I eat many. Like I eat also South Asian. I eat the Persian. Uh, yeah, so I wonder and, if, and state culture, <laughs> your home world. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. We're just a, so, yeah. a bastard of all the different countries yeah. kind of smashed <laughs> together. And we, I, I love living in Utah, especially because the Mormon culture. They send missionaries off everywhere in the world, yeah. everywhere that, that'll take them at least, and very often they'll bring back people with them. All right, they'll okay. meet friends or future wives and they'll exactly. come back and start restaurants there in utah so you'll mm -hmm. have very authentic very mm -hmm. high quality uh mm -hmm. different foods and mm -hmm. um can't say i've ever had sudanese food though i wonder you if should. uh you I'm should <laughs> head into munich right after we get done with this i'm curious if uh, munich has any sudanese inspired restaurants i think they have there is one yeah i might have to check that out for lunch and, and yeah, yeah try it out it's such a close to egyptian Cuisine, yeah. Egyptian and Sudanese Egyptian, are yeah. very yeah, similar. Yeah, close, close. Yeah. Okay. So the cities have an Egyptian um, touch because Egyptians were the ones that brought the restaurants and it was considered uh, unruly to sit in a restaurant and eat. It means that you have no friends, you have no family, you're just alone living. I don't know, your wife doesn't like you, she doesn't cook for you, whatever. <laughs> I've never so heard it, that. it was considered insulting to say, yeah, I'm going to go to the restaurant and come to you later. Like that. Huh. That's like, uh, what? That's it? Come I've here. never heard that before. That's, that's so everyone Sudanese. eats in their homes? I mean, typically, I would okay. say this is a bit now. It was. So yeah, those more traditional. Traditional, yeah. Um, with... Uh, the passage of time, obviously, everything's changing. People are modernizing more. I think some countries and cultures are modernizing faster than others. Do you think uh, Sudan's pretty modern, uh, or is it behind the times a little bit compared to, say, Europe? Yeah, in economics, you have this word developing countries. Developing country means just like he wants to become developed. He wants to become this, pursue this first world uh, model and uh, the past you can carry it with it you can do something with it but the main main important thing is to arrive to that development so that's i would say yeah uh, it, it is a developing country in that sense uh, whatever that means <laughs> so when you started your anthropologic studies and the philosophy and, and religion that uh, you studied in college were there ideals that you had growing up that through your education um, either changed or um, maybe altered, I guess changed, altered, that's all the same thing, but you get what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Were there different ideals that you, you thought were certain and truth and then as you were exposed to different ideas, you mm -hmm. started to, I guess, question and evolve your personal beliefs? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. 
I would say it helped me a lot to improve, I would say, or um, uh, refine many of my uh, religious sensibilities. So I, I did not really change in, in a certain way to say, yeah, I, w I believed in that way and now I believe this way. Uh, I abandoned that and now I'm here. Uh, that's less likely, although I, I, anyone can say, no, you changed a little bit here, this, not that way. Um, for instance, the, uh, what I didn't really know much was like the complexity of the, uh, the, the this legal, uh, also theological tradition that, uh, some of the, if you're coming from a reformist, let's say, uh, background as a Muslim, because we live in modernity, so you have certain narratives about the past or the tradition itself. Uh, let's say, my thesis of decadence or decline. Okay, uh, for us as modern Muslims, that was really a given. That was, yeah, uh, if it didn't decline, then we wouldn't be here. Okay, uh, something like that. Uh, this thesis I began to question with by with more reading, with more more uh, engagement encounters with different sources in 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 the tradition. So, and even even legal, uh, historical uh, studies or or uh, different new research about it about the subject. So this changed. All right. You could say, yeah, there is, might be a decline, but much more complex. It's, it's not like just, i give you an example. Uh, people abandoned using reason. They said reason is not a good thing. Uh, we, should, we want to, let's say, focus on revelation. And you're talking with, within the uh, Islamic Muslim, tradition. Islamic yeah, yeah. tradition. Like, like only what God said, only what the Prophet said. It That's said, why are we God doing said. this? It doesn't matter. God said so. Yeah, this kind of thing. This never happened, for instance. They would say to you, no, no, it's a Greek mind. We can abandon. We don't need it. We translated it. We understood it. Now we integrated it in our tradition. We don't need to go back that way. In that sense, maybe, they, they find a new paradigm, let's say. So people say, usually, ah, Muslims were reading philosophy and translating philosophy, and were, uh, yeah, they contributed a lot to it, but now not anymore. Now we've, Tw God's, lie, God's law is the highest law, exactly. so we can ignore everything else that, any science or reason, right. because our interpretation exactly. of what God said exactly. through various prophets is this, and exactly. nothing else matters. Exactly, and in this thesis, or narrative is really... Is, is so debunked right now and nobody takes it serious anymore. So you don't think the majority of Muslims feel that way? No, no. Do you think there I mean, are... I mean, on, 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 in terms of uh, uh, scholastic tradition, in, in terms of the way theologians or uh, uh, legal, let's say, uh, scholars, jurisprudence would work, that's not, that's not what happened really. That's not really true. That's that's what I mean. Not, yeah. But yeah, but the common Muslim, the commoner is always different than a from a jurist. Like there's a difference. Um, like a young, a, a normal person wants to do that. What 
God's likes, loves, and avoid that what God forbids, dislikes. Okay, and uh, what does a jurist do or a theologian? He wants to explain how God is to a commoner. Okay, and or a legal would say a legal scholar. That's a faqih in Arabic. Uh, he would try to explain the law. The first theology wants to show you how to believe, how to imagine, or how to how to see a uh, kind of. Uh, so, I, yeah. someone as a Muslim, they know they want to do God's will. The theologian is going to say, "Well, God's will is this." Exactly. exactly. Okay. Exactly. According to interpretations. Mm -hmm. kind of different mechanism that he can derive certain um, yeah, images or um, uh, proofs could be a uh, rational proof it could be a proof from the revelation itself for instance what are God's attributes how, 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 how is God like this is the Discipline of attributes and names of God. We have a multiplicity of names that assert God, distinguish God from others. And this is the discipline of Kalam in Arabic, it's called. The discipline of Kalam? Kalam, yeah. Kalam or Tawheed. Tawheed means the oneness of God or um, Aqeedah, the way you. Aqeedah uh, is a really interesting word because uh, 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 it means fortifying something. Aqad make it make it complex and coherent. So this is this uh, tradition, and then the other tradition, let's say Sharia. It's the that's the <laughs> the it's word the hot topic. that's the word that everybody everybody freaks out from. Yeah. Uh, it just means the way or the the source of the the, uh, the source of the stream and with the way to uh, meaning God's stream. So we need God's stream, God's uh, divine, let's say, uh, knowledge, the revelation. It, it needs a kind of uh, way to it, like through a like through a prophet or through through something through either through a tradition of um, transmissions that go back to the prophet, or through a system of of uh, legal reasoning. So it's God's will traveling through either Prophet Muhammad or past prophets through the, the scriptures that have yeah. been written and then the interpretation of those scriptures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do Muslims have a belief that they that an individual themselves can have that stream? They can have self-prophecy? Um, this is a, also a good topic, but, but a typical Muslim would say to you, uh, no, there's no prophet after the Prophet Muhammad. So they don't believe that we are all in in a way prophets unto ourselves that are we. It depends on what you mean by that. Let's say you mean a mystical experience. If you mean a mystical experience, they would say, "Ah, oh, that's possible. You can experience uh, a godly or encounter with God through a dream." through a vision so that is uh, that is still going on so revelation still um, is being streamed by God in the hearts of believers 
and good believers like mystics or that's a that's a sufi answer sufi a sufi means a mystical uh, dimension of islam okay uh, yeah and this is sudan is a typical sufi country is heavily influenced by sufism like any household belongs to a certain uh, sufi order and so sufi would be so let's make a comparison to Christianity to, to see if we can draw some lines for understanding. Right. Would a Sufi be a kind of uh, sect of uh, Islam, kind of like how in Christianity you have, you know, Catholic, Baptist, yeah. Mormon, Sufi would be like that? Would that be a fair comparison or am I not following you? Um, uh, there's two things to dif- to differentiate the Sufi as a kind of uh, discipline itself, as the science, and then the Sufi as then a group of people that can develop into these kind of things, a sect or order or whatever. A sect okay. has a, a little bit uh, demeaning or a little bit condescending tone. Sect. And and and, uh, and yeah, sect is yeah, but it's a word. I think it's it. it you can use so sect to you that has a negative connotation. Has a negative connotation. Sect okay. means this is a group that is so different from the majority of established practices, okay, and doctrines. That yeah, is a sect. W- Ooh, sect. But uh, yeah, I don't have a problem really with the word. So. Okay, so what would be like a um, a word that you would use? That would be similar, but without the negative connotation, like a, a branch or a. Um... But yeah, that's the point. Like the the difference here is 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 people. People means something that they developed and they became a group with a brand, with a name. So a in that sense, instead of a sect, in a, be in a, a people. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But they would go and say, yeah, we uh, follow this and it's coming from there. So we are also authentic and also traditional like that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, and and, and that, that's the thing here, like also, uh, um, Sharia is concerned with how to practice God's will, commandments, prohibitions, whatever, and how to practice uh, where uh, theology or kalam is occupied with how to believe God. And then Sufism is what? The mystical side of mystical it? Mystical means how to experience God, how to how to really get closer and um, yeah, be present with God. Like be, this is called, uh, like there's a very mo- like a powerful uh, saying by the prophet, that someone came and visited him while they were in the mosque and he asked about uh, what is this and what is that and he answered them answered them in in this order like that it means you should assert the prophecy of the prophet uh, or before that god's uh, unity god's uh, oneness uttered so this is the tawhid how to believe and then uh, this me and and how to practice it means to pray to do this to do that to fast to do this and then the second thing is what is the ihsan? Ihsan it has a meaning. Uh, it means you can say perfection. That's like to practice or to believe in God, as if He sees you and as if He lives with you and as if He's with you. That's the so so. In this prophetic saying, 
all of these three traditions are just together. I mean, it starts with just doing the least. I just want to pray and do this. And I hope I want to go. I don't want to go to hell. I just want to go to paradise and uh, and have fun. Or whatever. Okay. The things I know, I need more certainty. I need to proofs that God exists. So that's the second. That's iman. And then the last is something even more profound. Experiencing, Experiencing the divine. The divine. <laughs> yeah. So let's make a comparison real quick to help me get a little bit more to, to conceptualize what the general belief of let's, let's start with the main topic and that's what or who is God within the Christian um, religions. There's not one consensus. Mm -hmm. um, you'd think that, you know, it being monotheistic, it'd be simple, but even within various uh, Christian religions in Catholicism, from what I believe, it's the Trinity, which is God, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is all one being. But it's, I've never really understood it. It's kind of complicated. Mormonism, it's a lot more clear cut. Mormonism, God the Father is a separate physical being. Jesus is a separate physical being, which is God's Son. The Holy Ghost is in, on, uh, incorporated. Uh, unembodied, uh, separate being as well, but there were three distinct beings. Other Christian religions believe that, you know, God, the father and Jesus Christ are the same being. It's, it's all kind of mixed. Mm -hmm. What is the, is there a very clear cut common understanding of what God is in Islam? Or uh -huh. do you have something similar with different peoples and different beliefs? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So in mainstream Islam, that is the tradition of the Sunnis and the Shia. It's clear-cut, monotheistic, uh, like God's unity, oneness, and transcendence is uh, emphasized a lot. Like you cannot compare God to something else. Anything you imagine that is God is just not God. He's so, he's unlike anything else. Is it a uh, is it a masculine figure? Or is it neither, or is it just we have no way refer, to comprehend it? You would it. refer to God by he, uh, but he, he's beyond that. He's beyond um, uh, yeah, the, the, sex, the, the, the sexes, he and she. So he, you could say, for instance, uh, God's divine essence, Zatili Lahir. This is in Arabic, in the feminine uh, Okay. In the feminine. Uh, so in Arabic, connotation. there's ways to describe the, God that are both masculine yeah, and feminine. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't matter. It's just God Correct. is more than exactly. we can comprehend. Yeah. You, you, God, like is always, God is always more than you can really comprehend. Some, uh, many, however, um, uh, this is a bit uh, yeah, uh, deep, but uh, like uh, they, they say they have, there's a feminine, quite strong feminine. Uh, a sense of God in, in God. Okay. In terms of like description. So, but but he's not this the thing about divine. Uh, he's no, he's a man. He's a he, that's not that, <laughs> or he's a woman. No, 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 he's not. He's he's beyond that. God isn't beyond that. So to make some more parallels, I was actually surprised to find out that the God of um, the Judeo-Christian belief 
and Allah is the same God. You believe in Adam being a prophet, Enoch, uh, Abraham, Moses, yeah. um, and even Jesus as a prophet, but just not a divine uh, yeah. individual like the Christians believe. Um, one thing right now, we were talking, you brought up about how some people will ignore reason and they will say, well, this is because my interpretation of God said so. Um, in the last episode I had, we discussed what is coming up in Texas right now. People are taking pictures of their children's schoolwork. And the question is, was the earth created a billion years ago or was it created 6,000 years ago with Adam and Eve? And some of these schools in Texas, which I was surprised to see, are still teaching that it was 6,000 years ago. Within the Muslim mainstream, is there a strong belief on that? Do they believe that God created the world in seven days similar yeah. to um, Genesis? And they they ignore um, any sort of evolution or anything like that? Uh, that's really a good question. Uh, um, so a, a typical Muslim would say that the, the revelation tells us this and that. He created you in so many days. But what does a day, a day, what is, what does a day means? That's when they try to find a different interpretation. A day doesn't mean, whatever, uh, 23 plus 1. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean a day. Okay, uh, or if you find the word thousand in the Quran, does it mean ninety nine, nine hundred ninety nine plus one? It doesn't mean that. No, it means something that the Arab doesn't understand, or that it, it, it is cannot comprehend. An Eternal, amount of time. An amount of time he cannot comprehend. How does God, a being that is above our comprehension? Use words to describe to us exactly little pea-brained little people. Um, a large amount of time. So it, I, am I far off in saying that you could believe that, yes, the story of Genesis is accurate, but also believe that um, oil comes from dinosaurs in the ground, but that was part of one of the days that he created it. And <laughs> a day could be 5 billion years. Or um, would I get pushback from many Muslims on that? It depends on who you meet, of course. <laughs> so I guess it, it is a lot who, like Christianity. It, de it, depend, that is it depends. A, yeah. yeah, there's, a, there's a, of course, there's a lot of commonality. But this specific question, um, no, they wouldn't say to you. No, it's 6,000 years. So your personal yeah, They would say is... to you, what does science say? You'd say, yeah, go to it. You wouldn't say, have a problem with that. Okay. You'd say 1 million, 2 million years, whatever. Yeah. All right. It, it, and then the problem with many... Uh, people for many religions is that they believe uh, this creation is a literal thing in that sense and which is not actually is that a mainstream belief in Islam yeah it's a mainstream belief. that it's what about other things like um, Noah's Ark is a popular topic because if you think about all of the different animals on one ark and you start doing the numbers unless God came and shrank down each animal, just physically impossible to do yeah. it. Even on the metrics that were given within the Bible, um, do does mainstream Islam believe that that was a literal uh, event? Uh, it, it it's a, it's it's a, 
God says it happened in the Revelation. Uh, how is something else? This counting and this being specific, picky about it, is not really what concerns a, a, a typical Muslim, a typical reader of the Quran. Because it's the language, and language can be interpreted in different ways. And it's a story, like the Quran always says, we will tell you from the best stories. The point here is guidance, the point here is transcendence, bringing meaning to the reader, to the person that is reading and encountering God. The point here is not to say oh, we are a historical uh, fact here that happened here and there. Although it doesn't say we're not, it's not, but it's true, but it's not like this way. Um, it is this dynasty from that period of time and uh, X and Y. It's not that. It's more than so it's, that. it's less important. No, less important. The, yeah. the actual historical events and more what can my individual being learn and progress from hearing that story. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I really like that. Exactly. There's no. There's no concern to to find like uh, detailed uh, facts about a story. Yeah. So, and for instance, the word Egypt comes up in in the Quran. And then people say, what does Egypt mean? Does it mean this Egypt that we know? Hmm. Okay. Um, it could it could be that. I guess it could be. Uh, or probably it is. Okay. But it could mean many things. So, so, so there's also that... many kind of uh, stories that are similar. If someone had like proof, uh, um, architectural or archaeological proof that this happened here and there. How are you gonna how are you gonna talk to him? Like so no no this the Quran says <laughs> this kind of different I see I think approaches are different uh what 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 is something what is true to him it, it's not true to you so you need to find a way of talking to someone like that. That's what that's better is to always transcend the Holy Scripture from from such uh picky things like that yeah it's it Fantastic. protects it protects i guess the uh the, the 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 divine let's say story i i do but like that take because it allows how do i put this within um my faith growing up i had this strong idea and whether this was canon for mormons or not it was what i believed is that god is unchangeable that he would not change Eternal. his opinion Eternal. and therefore what was true yesterday is true today and will continue to be true and that poses a lot of problems if you are looking at written words and assuming that you know the exact meaning of them but when you take into account that not only was a lot of this written in ancient languages that we have a very minuscule grasp of, including Egyptian and Greek, and we, we tend to want to think that everything is what we are, yeah. kind of like the, the pictures you see of Jesus. I just want to say that. Look like me. <laughs> <laughs> just want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure... If you go to, let's say, country like Armenia or Turkey, Christian Turks, you maybe saw that, uh, are, um, Orthodox and Coptic, 
and mm-hmm. also if you go to Ethiopia, because the Orthodox Church is quite established in in in, uh, in Ethiopia, and then you see the icon icon uh, or representations of of uh, Jesus. Oh, the, oh, the icon, yeah. Uh, uh, and they're different, but it's the same story. Yes, the same story. What matters is it, it's the same story. It's the same pattern of story. It's the same even cycle, like births. Okay, and then this and that and that. So I think it's better to, to me, make more sense to interpret these things as stories that have really a tremendous power of transcending individuals. Like the story of Joseph is really remarkable. It's different. It, it, it has many psychological um, aspects to it, like the, the, the father-son dynamic, brother-brother dynamic. A stranger dynamic, being a refugee uh, in a country—not this, I mean, modern uh, concept of refugee—but being different, being perceived as the other in a society, being uh, um, enslaved, and coming from a good family and then enslaved. There's a, there's a good book actually by Thomas Mann, I think. Thomas Mann is a German uh, novelist, and he wrote a, a, a good. Uh, interesting novel, a historical novel about Joseph, Joseph's brothers, Joseph and his brother, and he sees, he really highlights this kind of psychological things, and this is what, what stays with with the reader. Not just ah, okay, he came from here and then go, went there and then he had this divine experience. I I want something that really that I can identify with. This can transcend me more. So moving away from the letter of the law and checkbox, <laughs> okay, exactly. I did this, I did this, I did this, okay, exactly. I'm good. And more of how can I use these words, these word, the the scriptures or the 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 different traditions that are passed along to allow me yeah. as, a, as an individual, as a human to become more and yeah. more I put in quotations because yeah. that's the big question is okay. what is more and um, within the Mormon religion yeah. um, which is slightly different than a lot of different uh, Christian religions but similar in a lot of ways um, they have something called the plan of salvation and that is before this earth was created we were all uh, we all existed spiritually mm-hmm. as individuals we were up with God, and God had two sons, Lucifer and Christ. And I'm not sure if this is actual doctrine, but this is what I always was taught and believed. Um, and what does, was, but what does son mean, like in that sense? Offspring, offspring. Um, created from, so very literal, at least the way I understood it was in a very literal sense, as we have sons. It's, All right. They are in our own image, and okay. they have... Hands uh, and feet right, and lips right. and but wouldn't I mean it wouldn't make sense or it, uh, not make sense if someone asks well that was an angel he was a fallen angel no he was his son what would I mean how this discussion would happen then if someone comes with that like a, a like specifically with like a yeah Lucifer, Lucifer. Right. yeah uh, see that is part of it they. The Mormons believe that there was a council up in heaven and that God wanted to help transcend all of his right. spirit children into 
into him. And this is a very controversial idea that many Christians think is heretical, but um, Mormons believe that you and I are gods in training, if you will. Okay. You, we have the, the seed to become what is uh, the father. And, but this idea, this idea, not just, not the story, let's say, not this kind of explanation, uh, I think could, you could find in other places. Within Islam? Uh, yeah, but not in this way. For instance, this idea of uh, um, you, you never become God. Like you never be, you never be God. But you can act in a way that God is always with you. Also here, the prophetic tradition uh, speaks about someone who uh, gets closer to God through prayer, gets closer to God through different good deeds, alms, okay? And the saying goes that until I become his hand that he strikes with. What does that mean? So this element exists, like you become getting closer. And Sufi tradition also uh, speaks about the idea of annihilation in God. The what? The annihilation in God. It's called the fana. The annihilation? Yeah, you annihilate okay. yourself in God. Okay. You, you, you. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest uh, comparison is like uh, uh, the fire and the butterfly. I've not heard that. That's that's like. The butterfly, I don't even know it's, if it exists, but the butterfly is so much excited about a fire that it goes in it and then becomes... Becomes the flame. Becomes the fire, becomes the flame itself. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, people then say, oh, this is union with God, is becoming God. It's not that really. It's not that really. It's, it's uh, um, some, some Sufi contributed to that, it being misunderstood, and then the... The, the mainstream uh, Sunni Islam had to say, no, no, this is not, uh, this is heretical. This is so there were some people. This is dangerous. That yeah. Felt that you yeah. very, in a real way, became. Yeah. Um, As is a famous guy that was um, executed. was Halaj. He said, I, I, I have, I'm the truth. I'm the truth. So he propped himself off or yeah. up as a new prophet. He didn't say I'm a prophet, but he 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 bragged about or he emphasized this experience, divine experience he had. So I've become the truth. Interesting. Or or your gods are under my feet. Hmm. hmm. What do you mean? Uh, so his followers would say, "This is because these people are greedy. They just." Uh, um, worship the king, or worship it as mean, it means they obey the king, even if they tell tell him, even even if it tells them to do bad acts. So he said to them, "Your gods is under my knees, under my feet." So, just uh, a... and he meant, no, what you worship, guys. Really, if you think about it a lot, you don't worship God. You're not really a good Muslim. What he was saying, okay. So it's a very controversial figure. Mansur al-Hallaj, and he, he, he challenged political orthodoxy, not religious, and uh, he, he got like into 
troubles. Well, execution <laughs> but he is was definitely trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is a, it's a it's a one time event in in. Uh, so this was a Sudanese. No, no, no. It's or you just very, Sufi. Very old. It was very old. Yeah. No, oh, okay. Okay. No, no. How many years? I mean, it, is, it could happen. This kind of things happened many times in history, but mainly because of political reasons. So, These people, the, not the theology or the what they preach was the problem. Uh, the problem is that they, uh, I would say, challenge the social order or political order. Has many religious aspects in it, of course, but it mainly a political thing, because the notion that. Oh, he's not anymore a Muslim. He should get a kind of punishment for that. This is disputed in in uh, between the jurists. It's disputed. The reasons for it, for instance, or the types of it. For instance, someone changed his religion. What should happen then? And uh, say, okay, there's a prophetic saying here. If someone changes his religion, then he should be. Then, then those. Who are against it would say no. It means someone who abandons the community and is fighting now. He's on arms. So this comes back to the the lawmen, the schisms, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The, interpreting the law of what yeah, what yeah. does this word actually mean? Is yeah, it yeah. should we exile him? Should we excommunicate yeah, him? Yeah. Is it him? That's very interesting. Right now, there's a belief within. Uh, well, I'm just going to say, you know, the U.S. The people that I'm around. That Muslim is very theocratic. Theocratic, um, but what what does a theocratic? Theocratic. Uh, the the religion drives a lot of the laws in yeah. the countries where it is mainstream. Um, do you believe that it should? It should be a theocracy, or shouldn't be? Yes. Um, I don't. I don't really think that the history of Islam. Uh, meaning the polities that that uh, were uh, existing at that time were theocracies. Like I don't rule, I don't rule by divine decree. God appointed me. That's not what really. So anyone can become uh, anyone. It's not this church priestly state. It's not this theocracy. So when, you, when I say theocracy, you're saying it's not someone propping themselves up as the God's word. Yeah. When I say theocracy, um, and maybe that's the wrong word, but having a government that is run by people who uh, use their religion yeah. to create the laws, yeah. whether right. that be Christian, Muslim, whatever, yeah. um, we don't seem to have any Christian uh run governments anymore although there's a lot of christians who are the uh, the leaders but there's certain countries that i've been told and i don't know if this is accurate yeah. that they're uh they are run specifically through the ideals of the muslim religion yeah yeah uh, the, some examples uh, probably there are but but uh it's uh the, the the idea of a theocracy is a country or is a state system that is based on God or something like that, or, or, or centered around God. Um, I think we need to be careful of applying it to modern states that have kind of an Islamic touch, okay, or, or an Islamic orientation to it. Um, because because we would be open questions about it. How do you mean theocracy? 
what what probably they mean like should religion have a role in the public um public, public life, policy public like policy. separation of church of state yeah, a common phrase in, in, that you in, say. in that sense they would say why should it be excluded from uh, like uh, having if, if individuals are religious or uh, they are uh, convinced by let's say many of what they follow how can you then say yeah the parliament doesn't do anything that has to do with religion would be it would be a paradox i mean be if you have a country that is 100 of the same religion yeah but the second but that you, you never, have you'll never find a state like that you, all, yeah. you always have dif different differences in and that state. would be the argument for a separation of yeah, church and state exactly um uh, the little I understand of Islam, what, alcohol what, what, is what Muslim would. Uh, what what is I think basics for Islam is like, I'm not you're not gonna rude me because you're a priest. You cannot become the head of the state just because you're a priest. You need to be, you need to have uh, worldly qualities. You have need a program, a a a, a, pl a platforms of good policies that that would uh, contribute to the prosperity of this state that we live in together so this is specialization whatever you can call it yeah but i don't believe like uh, theocracy is a good answer or the good system for islam i i would have a problem with the theocracy yeah okay i would have a i would yeah i i i think a, a democracy is, is is a is a better system but it should handle let's say really well it should handle uh, the religion of its subjects well they shouldn't uh, uh, drive them to migrate because of the prosecution you shouldn't uh, discriminate them uh, on, on religious uh, grounds uh, so yeah of course I have I have these modern sensibilities for a state yeah. okay and it's very difficult because the the concerns that i've heard from friends about and just and I, I spoke a little bit more bluntly with you ahead of time because um, i wanted you to kind of understand where i was coming from i've had conversations with people who their only experience with uh, people of the uh the muslim faith is through war they yeah, were right. whether it was iraq I, or afghanistan, iraq, afghanistan yeah. and so they have a very in my opinion very distorted view of what someone who is muslim actually is and stands for mm -hmm. and i've had incredibly hateful things said about muslims to me saying i i can't believe you're defending them because and they'll spout something that happened to them personally so mm -hmm. in their eyes it is it is truth and so i i'm wondering if we could talk about maybe some of the um the concerns that some people have to maybe assuade them saying hey this is not islam this is extremist terrorists that mm -hmm. are doing it and mm -hmm. there's a large difference um one th word that always comes up um well you you brought up sharia and you kind of smiled when you said that <laughs> like this is a hot topic um, like jihad is another word that comes up. And I've been told, although I don't personally believe most Muslims feel this way, although there might be some extremists who do, that um, the whole world is required by God to be Muslim, even if it requires us to murder people if they disagree. Um, how 
far off or how close to the truth um, mm-hmm. is that statement? Um, yeah, I think I would disagree. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I think, but but do you think this competent experience with a Muslim can give you a perspective about a whole culture, a religion? Because you you are experiencing this person because you have arms and you're a combatant and you're a foreigner in their land or country isn't this like a thing in in, in of itself for many of you of these experiences of the people i've yeah. been speaking with absolutely and yeah. would, would they deny that it was ever someone invited them gave them a tea in these countries iraq on an individual level let's say this never happened if Have people invited them in a, yeah. a peaceful way? Yeah, I've, I've, I have met a lot of people that have had very positive experiences yeah. as well. Others, not as much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And these, those who have, the, let's say, a ex- bad experience or negative, they did not or couldn't really get close. I, I don't know. You don't. Okay. No, I, I think that they have a, a warped idea of what. Um, Their comment to me was their religion requires of it. There's it's black and white, and right. okay. if they say otherwise, they're lying to you. And I don't, I don't okay. think that is the case. Okay. Would would you say that you would not believe it, God's will to uh, murder someone if they yeah. choose not to accept yeah. Islam? Uh-huh. And I, I think it's as simple as that. I, I think it's unfortunate that people have that. Uh, concept in their mind that a whole entire population due to the action of a small percentage yep. is what that population is yep. Yep. Um, and I I think it's unfortunate that that like this there is such a misconception of why the let's say belief like many many think this is true that the, I'm, I'm gonna you know to know you but uh, oh we have to believe or I'll kill you like this we have to believe or what you have to believe or I'll kill you oh that, yeah that someone believes this is really fact or reality well the, they uh, believe it because they they claim that they have proof of it, proof of it. in okay. well uh, like suicide bombings um, there's been different uh, occurrences across Europe and the US where people in the name of Allah yeah. have done atrocities yeah and so but muslims are also victims of this these kind of atrocities so it's it's muslim on muslim uh, it's uh, it's this is just yeah murderous criminal acts that has a kind of uh, religious let's say um, justifications for it But you would But, say, am I correct in saying that your belief is that they are absolutely wrong, I would not say, following God's will? I would will? say absolutely wrong. It's and really, you say that's it's, the majority it's of the majority, what Muslims would it, feel? Yeah, Muslims, I mean, Muslims live in an established uh, countries through now 130, 120, France and Germany, United States, even in some cases uh, quite long and this is not the that's not the common understanding of many muslims of most muslims good okay good. i'm so, gonna be able so, to escape this apartment alive <laughs> <laughs> but yeah when it occurs when it occurs it happens also to muslims 
mm-hmm. violent act. But it has political reasons. It has it has uh, sociological reasons. Disintegration of the Middle East, uh, modern state, uh, or yeah, this uh, post-colonial modern uh, project didn't really. Uh, if it failed, I think Muslims, it failed them. First of all, uh, they encountered modernity through colonialism. And the second thing is the state, the absolute state. Uh, so this is the secular enlightenment, let's say, values that brought, Europe brought. They, they experienced it through colonialism, so being the British Empire, French, mm-hmm. in some cases, Italian. And uh, and also then this subversive authoritarian state that saw itself as a, as a modernizer or secular even state. That's the experience of Muslim of modernity. Yeah, of many, many, not just I would say Northern Africa, Iraq, Syria. Bath Bath uh, ideology is mainly. In terms of influence and and idea, genealogy of ideas, it's it has a European component. Did you say Bath? Bath Party, the Arab uh, nationalistic uh, Saddam Hussein party. Oh, this, okay. So Bath is the name of the the party. Yeah, that's yeah. Saddam Hussein. Okay. It, it means uh, Bath uh, rising or uh, it's an Italian word Risorgimento. Okay. Uh, so it has ideologically modern let's say more, um, european foundations but yeah it's the field or what is it, the state or the the country it's arab people so we've found that the arab ideology needs to be based on where arabs are together like that but it's european uh, f- fascist uh, origins not only but yeah but but to a large extent then, We've seen a lot of dictators, fascism. In fact, we still have them today in, in a lot of different countries, but it seems to be less and less and less as each generation goes yeah. by. And, and democracy in some form or another is starting to take over. Um, well, it's, we can discuss that. Do you think... Uh, <laughs> but do you what, think what do you think about the rise of populism? The rise of uh, non-democratic ideologies? Tell me what yeah, you... No, I'm a self-admitted moron. I don't know uh, anything about anything. Europe, so, Europe, Europe has is experiencing a rise of populist idea, non-democratic. So ideologies. define that for me, please. A uh, populist is like, oh, we need to define who we are, and uh, rule of law is not important. Uh, human uh, freedom of thought, freedom of uh, speech whatever getting attacked here and there so these ideas of of a liberal state are really undermined currently like the state should should actively uh, prosecute um, let's say certain religious groups it so should, you're, should, you're saying that this is a is having a it's a trend generally it's a trend right now generally it's a trend if you it's if you go everywhere you can find oh popul- pop trumpism is a form of so kind of like nationalism would that be a synonym? Uh, a much more um, dogmatic maybe and yeah so okay uh, nationalism is 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 I think open to interpretation you can say I'm a patriotist I'm just like this 
where we come from is a mountain, nice mountain. Love it. So I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay, uh, so but, but you're talking really, about with the people who follow Trump, the the Trumpers. This is a form of populism. Yeah, populism yeah, is not not respecting rule of law, attacking the parliament, attacking. This is now on the rise. So you, yeah, we need to. Do you to, think it's on the rise, or do you think it's a blip on the radar? Do you think it's it's going to be a short felt experiment? Because I don't, I don't think it's going to be working. I, I sure hope not. I think you can you can you can certainly say no in modern uh, democratic institutions are really strong and the evidence is that what happened nothing they weren't just there but in the case of Trump they just, there were some crazy people they, yeah, that crazy lived people. in their mom's bedroom or uh, their mom's basement yeah, they stormed and they stormed the parliament but nothing happened nothing the, we, yeah. it the, the democratic process succeeded there was another new person elected, and that's it. So, like that. I think, yeah, you, you can say that some institutions are really uh, working well still, uh, but we are divided. <laughs> different facts, different uh, uh, attitudes. That, that wasn't that. That wasn't the case in the United States. You had much more consensus. I mean, people like uh, different people uh, say we have a modern, we have a state with a two-party system. No, one-party system, two right-wings, <laughs> because they're close. They're not that different in terms of foreign policy. In You're specifically money. talking about the U.S. The right States, now? Instance, yeah. Oh, so you think the left is the right? It's just a different uh, no, form no, no, of no, it? No, 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 I don't say that. I, don't, I, I think the, the left is not the right, of course. Oh, okay. not, of course not. But, but uh, Washington, not, me, not many differences. Not many differences at that time within the politicians. I mean, people were talking about the Washington consensus, okay, and um, yeah, and both party are, I think, capitalistic. Both party don't definitely, West, yeah. definitely not. But but now you have the rise now of, uh, I think, a stronger social sentiment in the United States. People want to get bailed out. For college, they visited. They want to that be everything forgiven or whatever. Mm -hmm. that or debt. at least, you know, I I have friends that have argued that they shouldn't forgive the loans, but perhaps um, stop charging interest on it. Um, yeah, but you did that willingly, I guess. And that's kind of my stance. I I pushed back on my friend who who felt that that would be good, and I. I mean, he made some valid arguments. He said that it would it would boost the economy. There'd immediately be millions of people being able to spend more daily. But it is still a tax to the taxpayer. Okay. It's yeah. you know, it's there's a deficit that was partially created through giving out these subsidies, and the yeah. only way to pay off the deficit is to collect from the yeah the opportunity cost that was wasted through yeah. not wasted but chosen to be given through those loans right, yeah. um i myself took a lot of student loans out but subsequently paid them off through yeah. just working a lot and so my self-interested point of view is no don't don't forgive yeah, these loans yeah, yeah. for other no, people no, yeah or forgive them but give me my money back i don't I, know what the I answer agree is there I, or it's uh, it depends on the Maybe the institutions, the institution would say, okay, we will whatever, forgive you. Or, 
Uh, fair uh, chance of that happening. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I'm not an American. I don't <laughs> yeah. understand many things about America. But but the, the point is here that many established uh, practices, beliefs in the United States are not anymore mainstream. That's that's what. That's why I'm, I speak of a, a big change happening in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. government, big government, big. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's that supports my argument that there's a rise of populism. Interesting. You have people who have certainly socialistic uh, views in the United States, and these are not anymore on the fringe, or these are now becoming a bit more mainstream. I think mainstream, I guess. Uh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm not uh, sure. Uh, um, um, Alexandra Cortez, whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Ocasio. AOC is people <laughs> color. AOC, different. Uh, for, there's many. There's a change going on in the United States, I guess. Yeah. So you have people who are left, but capitalistic. Woke up capitalism, you can call it. And people still like, oh, oh the Republic and the old good uh, republic yeah explain to me how populism undermines democracy isn't that just a different flavor of democracy i guess i don't understand it in my own head the the distinction the 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 distinction of it i I understand with the specific uh, with the trump and you know if people believe that he was pushing to storm the capital to take over obviously that is a definite undermining of the of democracy um, not accepting uh, outcomes of election, mm-hmm. yeah, by not just one person, but by many of you can say supporters or allies. You can say yeah. that. So, yeah. but I think I think I shouldn't uh, go deep into <laughs> American affairs because I'm a foreigner at the end. I think it's very interesting that people actually pay attention to American politics. Yeah. And I, I don't know a if that's country. a good thing or it's a bad a thing. It's it a is country. a very big country. Do you pay attention to uh, uh, like Chinese politics as much? A little bit. Uh, a little bit. I guess yeah. I don't even know yeah. what their politics really are. I, I'm it's interested. Much just a single party, right? I'm interested generally of uh, state building and uh, how states succeed to become prosperous, um, impose order. How can they collect taxes in that systematic, fascinating way that anybody could pays tax? And in some other case, in some other countries, no, they wouldn't. I don't have to mention names, but even in Europe, some countries uh, have have it hard that anybody pays the tax. They they you, have it hard, meaning they. You can go to a state and say, "Can I have a bill? Can I have a receipt?" Okay, you pay him cash, he wouldn't give you a receipt. He would give you, maybe you, if you insist, but it means he, he wouldn't go and pay the tax. Oh, meaning you would pay your taxes, but it wouldn't actually go to the yeah. tax system? Like there would be a corrupt handler uh, of the uh, money? Uh, yeah, no, it means the uh, an individual thinks he's, he is smarter than the state. Like, uh, ah, this is tax we should pay. Let's, let's improve maybe how we t- pay it, uh, find ways of... Uh, uh, deduction, that's fine, okay. But some people still want to find sneaky ways of not even paying the tax, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm interested in how strong a state is, how can 
how it uh, collects taxes, how it's able to tax, uh, collect taxes, and another country that is a let's this modern term failed state, failed states. Okay, a failed it, state. A failed state is a state that cannot impose order, cannot, does not collect uh, taxes or cannot collect it, or it's not stable. It's, it's civil wars, whatever. This interests me, and naturally, I would be interested always to read about America. United States and how it developed and everything. Yeah. So on that with taxes, I was surprised to hear that taxes were taxes were so low in uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Someone said it was only fifteen percent. Depends on the canton and. Uh, yeah. um, where even in the More U.S., less, that's yeah. U.S. Uh, that's the very very low end. If you're under the say you make. I think 30,000 a year you might be paying that, but anything above that you're paying 25, 30 up to 50% depending okay. on what state you pay in. Um, That's Canada, 50,000. Or, yeah, or, or New York and this, I think big, big states. Um, like like California, California. California, yeah. Yeah, Canada being, I think they actually paid uh, similar. I'm, I'm not actually sure, yeah, but yeah. I think they pay quite a bit in taxes. And then in the South, you pay less, but not that not less than Switzerland. Yeah, the, the lowest range is about what Switzerland pays. So, I mean, in Switzerland, and maybe I'm generalizing, is there a scale like the US has, or does everyone just pay a fat, uh, flat I need to 15? Look, I need to look into that. Okay. I need to look into that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's, I mean, no, corporate tax is interesting in the United States, I guess. I guess. Well, corporate tax is almost non-existent exactly. in the yeah, United yeah, States. Yeah. I think that's changing. Wasn't there something recently that there's going to be a minimum corporate tax rate globally? Globally, heard of that? in states or everywhere? In, in, the, in, in the everywhere, okay. Internationally. Uh, because we have the, the issue of companies going to tax umbrella countries like Ireland, they'll give them a lower tax rate. So it's a proposed legislation or regulation or whatever? Yeah, there was a conference um, a few months ago where it was proposed to have a minimum international global tax rate yeah. of 15%. Okay. I'm not sure what came of it or how they're going to enforce it or... Um, just curious because yeah, I'm also curious about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one yeah. thing that I did want to kind of circle back to the discussion of religion real quick. Um, within the Mormon church, there's an ultimate drive and that drive is to return to live again with God. Um, you brought up transcendence a couple times. Um, what is the general mainstream idea of what the purpose of this life is for a Muslim. What do you, how do you teach it to your children? <laughs> um, I would say ab like absolutely submission to God, accepting. To what end? Uh, to an end that fulfills me, let's say, um, spiritually guides me guides my conduct moral behavior whatever. and 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 uh, makes a moral good life or excellent life possible not just through uh, maybe human resources <laughs> um, cheesy stuff from uh, 
uh, this and that, spiritualism, I would call it, but something that has aspect of truth, like needs to be true, okay? Not just something that makes me feel good about myself. So I need this critical aspect that says to me, this is wrong, okay? This is uh, not good. You're doing it, yeah? You're doing it, but it's not good. You shouldn't do it. But if you go with spiritualism, there's this notion that I find more and more common is anything goes. No, no, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual, okay? This, uh, uh, this shows that you have something that you didn't understand or you were maybe escaping from. Um, you didn't maybe go deep. But uh, spirituality is a really difficult, hard thing. It's not. It's not easy. So I don't think it's just meditation and practices here and there that gives you some mental stimulation or ease. It's much harder than that. You can see things that really you would be worried of. There's stories about different monks here and there uh, in different culture that they just like afraid. Okay. Of, of uh, God's punishment, or the monks are afraid of God's yeah, punishment. Yeah, just like yeah, like you know, this is uh, makes them humble. You know, makes them makes them uh, makes makes them thankful. Makes them friendlier. Makes them yeah. So going back to my question with the, <laughs> the what is the the purpose of life? You said that it was to follow God's will ultimately. Yeah. Um, and then what? I guess that I think to me it, that's yeah. the cost. What's the what's the payoff? Is there? Is it to so in within the Mormon community, you need to follow God's laws in order to return to live with Him again, and as we I talked say, to yeah. ascend to a, a higher. A higher realm. Is yeah. there something like that in afterlife for the Muslims? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How would you describe the afterlife? Uh, I think I conflate it between my purpose or my my end. Oh, what's, okay. what's life Ma- purpose? Mainstream Maybe, yeah. with uh, yeah, no, no, Muslims. No, no. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I understood you. So, um, I think I would agree with those who say, yeah, it's happiness. Really, you need to be become happy. You need to attain happiness. And then the question is, which which form of happiness is it? This, um, yeah, gratifying happiness, uh, material possessions and uh, pleasures. Is it this one, or is it a much more intellectual thing and has spiritual dimension of it? Is it this one? So I, I typically I would go with those who say it's this much more contemplative happiness at happiness that is attained through contemplation and and uh, uh, a deep connection let's say with, with the lived with, with your life in general and yeah this I think this uh, state of mind being contemplative makes you more willing to be to live a good life okay a moral life and uh, also aesthetic like uh, the Greeks or Socrates had this like life should be an examined life life should be a life that goes through uh, hardship okay and 
challenge until it becomes something of an artwork. So it has an aesthetic also. Uh, yeah, I mean, naturally, I, I have a virtue ethics, let's say, uh, approach to, to life <laughs> because it's common with my tradition, Islamic tradition, maybe Christian as well. There's a philosopher in, in he's an Irish American, I, I think, Alistair. Uh, Alistair Mc Mc, he the he the he's also an ethicist, virtual ethic, uh, virtual ethics uh, philosopher, and also Richard Taylor. Uh, authentic life to live an authentic life to be good. Uh, I think that is to me. We should go out. Uh, do good deeds, do good things that would make us happier. Solve problems if you want to need like this entrepreneurial aspect, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I I I like much more the religious language, and uh, the, the, the the that is strongly with the divine connected, and the best thing is uh, I the best thing that I understand is Islam. That I would I would much more uh, go deeper here, but also be interested in other traditions where I find some some things comfortable. Anyone who has a moral or an ethical concern is 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 something I find is is a, is a person that I would I find something in common. Anyone who is interested in the divine. Uh, 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 also, you transcending yourself to the divine, I would have something in common with him. Evanumer, thank you so much. You've had some fantastic insights, and it it makes me feel a lot more uh, connection to your faith thank and you to understand how, I guess, enlightened is a good word yeah. that it does not matter your background or upbringing it yeah. matters the direction and where you're going and the whether yeah. you call it spirituality mysticism religion uh, i hope it helped you in a way or another very much so yeah, yeah. thank you for your time and thanks everybody we'll talk soon thank you very much Hey everybody, the conversation is getting bigger and bigger, and I want to invite all of you to join in. There's a few ways to do it. You can go to IamWoodstock.com, that's I-A-M-Woodstock.com. There you'll find a contact form where you can input your email and contact me directly. You can also go to the I Am Woodstock Facebook page to leave comments and start a conversation with the entire IAW community. If you're a fan of pictures, check out the I Am Woodstock Instagram, where my wife is sharing some of the family adventures. If you're enjoying the show and want it to grow even more, go to the Good Stuff page on my website. There you'll find links to all of my sponsors as well as a link directly to the I Am Woodstock Patreon where you can become an official patron and allow me to be picky about the sponsors I choose. Thank you all for the support and don't forget, this is all about starting real conversations. If you're driving in your car, call up a friend who you haven't seen in a while and discuss some of the topics you've come across on the show. Trust me, you will not regret it. See you next time.